The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available Pro-Access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. An available Pro Power onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on it on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Westboro Baptist Church is just that. A church. Kind of. Technically a Christian church in theory. Uh, they seem to think they're amazing Christians. Uh, not real big on the forgiveness angle, though. Not real big on the judge not lest ye be judged angle. Uh, not really into the Gospels, more more into Leviticus, like Leviticus uh, 20, 23. And ye shall not walk in the manners of the nation, which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. They like the fire and the brimstone. Uh, they were able to find some of that in Psalms, too, like Psalms 53, 5. Uh, they were they, uh, there were they in great fear, where no fear was. For God hath scattered the bones of him, and encampeth against thee. Thou hast put them to shame because God hath despised them. They have a whole page of Bible verses where they have uh, highlighted words like hate, anger, wrath, despise, judgment on their very comprehensive website. And I'm not making this up. GodHatesFags.com. Yep. That is the church's official website. I'll say it again in case you're thinking there's no fucking way he just said what I think he just said. GodHatesFags.com. Sorry for the language, it's not mine. And you know, when they found out that domain wasn't taken, a lot of high fives were thrown around. A lot of praise Jesus, a lot of thank the Lord. If the God of Christianity is real, there may not be a church he is more embarrassed and appalled by than the Westboro Baptist Church. We look into who these idiots are, why they seem to hate everybody, and how they justify it today on Time Suck. Get ready to get mad. You're listening to Time Suck. What's up, time suckers? Happy Monday. I'm Dan Cummins, a.k.a. the Master Sucker, a.k.a. the Anti-Westboro. And you are listening to Time Suck. Great decision. It is an extra wackadoodle fest today. Uh, Today's Time Suck is brought to you once again by My West Coast Buds podcast. Hell yes. Hosted by comic and marijuana magician and time sucker, 
Joe DeMeo. My West Coast Buds is an inside baseball look at cannabis, coffee, comedy, and spirits. All of Joe's favorite vices. It's a funny conversation where you learn a lot about the explosive new industry of legal marijuana. And on this week's episode, uh, the one that drops today, Joe and his co-host Ben give a nod to the Time Suck crowd. Ben loves nerding out on topics just like I do. He enjoys learning, but he gets frustrated like a caveman when he has to seek out new information. So Ben, his co-host, picks a topic of interest and teaches him about it. And today, it's astrology. Ah, oh, sounds, I love it. I hear, I, I feel like there's some dot crystals uh, happening. Uh, and Ben and Joe may end up making some dirty-footed festival uh, hippie ladies very angry with how they've approached this topic, which sounds funny to me. So listen and subscribe to My West Coast Buds, the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, all other sorts of podcast players, including, of course, MyWestCoastBuds.com. Link in today's episode description. You can also find My West Coast Buds in the sponsor section of the Time Suck app. Just push their button. We got cool little bud form right in there. And if you're looking to get into the cannabis industry yourself, you're maybe going to open up a, a weed shop, you hit Joe up. He works as a cannabis consultant in Portland, Oregon. And he's going to give you 50% off your first hour of cannabis consultation. And he knows a lot of shit. We've actually talked to him about some stuff. Email him at mywestcoastbuds at gmail.com and mention the stock to get the discount. Email also in the episode description. So it's going to be a fun show today. Uh, we're getting into this shit quick, right after a couple quick announcements. Uh, first round of Danger Brain Design Time Sucks stickers. Uh, they better be in the shop, all right, as should be some vinyl decals. I hope I recorded this suck over a week ago right after I did the Stanford one so I could take a break and have a vacation with the fam, much-needed vacay. I'm basing today's info on what is supposed to happen. Hopefully my astrology worked out, right? Uh, hopefully some super cool stickers are just in the shop fucking flying off the, the sticker shelves uh, along with those restocked shirts. Or who gets who's angry on vacation? This guy. Also, hoping the Flat Earth Tour went well last night at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte. You know what? I'm just going to be super optimistic. And I'm going to say, you know what? Thanks, guys, for the sellout. Thanks for the sellout show. Sold out show. I appreciate it. I mean, there's, it is looking like that's very possible. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be like, oh, man, I can't believe we sold it out last night. So thank you. Punchline in Atlanta tonight, Monday the 9th. That ticket uh, show does very much look like it's going to sell out. So if, if tickets are left, there's probably not many. Uh, and I'm not just saying this as a like a sales like you you're gonna want to get them quick if you want to go Alabama the next two nights 10th and the 11th Stardome in Birmingham stand up live in Huntsville uh, I know there's tickets probably to those get get on down there Zanies in Nashville on the 12th Secret Group in Houston on the 13th Texas Theater the Theater in Dallas on the 14th come to the Theater and the Improv in San Antonio Sunday the 15th Salt Lake City San Francisco Sacramento and Phoenix up next live time suck podcast Spokane Washington. The Spokane Comedy Club on May 6th. Only live podcast I'll be doing until Orlando in the late summer. So get your ass down there. More two dates at DanCummins.tv. Time Suck 82, the Westboro Baptist Lunatics, right now. All right, so, so, so who are the Westboro Baptist Church? Let's, let's go to the homepage of their website to find out. Uh, <laughs> it says, established in 1955 by Pastor Fred Friendly Phelps. I added the friendly. No one else has ever called him that. The Westboro Baptist Church of Topeka, Kansas still exists today as an old school or primitive Baptist church. New career goal to play Topeka and have these fuckheads protest my show. God, that'd be awesome. You know, with our signs, no more Nimrod. God hates Dan. God hates Time Suck. God hates Chikatilo. No more Shamecock. So many fun protest sign possibilities. Get out there, Westboro Baptist Church. Anyways, they say, they say, we adhere to the teachings of the Bible, preach against all form of sin, 
For example, fornication, adultery, including divorce and remarriage, sodomy. Yeah, they're real big on that. Insist that the sovereignty of God and the doctrines of grace be taught and expounded publicly to all men. These doctrines of grace were well summed up by John Calvin in his five points of Calvinism. Total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. Although these doctrines are almost universally hated today, they were once loved and believed Uh, by a small group of people. So what are these five points of Calvinism, really? We should probably take a look at uh, that if we're trying to understand the WBC. And the WBC is based in the LBC and the Snoop D-O-double-G. What? No, Calvinism. Also known by the acronym of TULIP, the first of the letters in TULIP stands for uh, total depravity. Simply, man is dead. The Bible says that you and I are dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. Unless we are born again, dead. Consider what that means. Can a man do good works then if he is not a Christian who is born again? No. Who, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans fourteen twenty three. Can a man want to be born again and follow instructions on how to do it? No. But that would be like saying that a man in the grave can desire to come out of the grave or follow instructions on how to be made alive. Can a man accept Christ as his personal savior so that he becomes saved after that? Of course not. Accepting Christ is a good work done only by a Christian. Only after God makes a person alive. Can he? Will he accept Christ? Can you offer salvation to anyone? That is surely impossible. This is, uh, this is where it's fucking. One might as well offer food to a dead man than salvation to a dead sinner. Okay, so basically, if I understand this at all, uh, if, you, if you don't believe in Jesus and the teachings of the Bible, and, and you don't live like a Christian, you know, like a Christian life and avoid sin, and you're not kind of chosen to be Christian, you're, you're a walking, like a useless, dead person. You're, you're, you're like a zombie. You're, you're a zombie, but instead of rotting skin and a hunger for brains, you have probably tattooed skin and a hunger for pussy dick and an overall good time. I feel like if that's not a correct interpretation, it's, I'm in the ballpark. Okay, the U. I won't go into the next ones in nearly as much depth, but I just wanted to give that first letter as an example. The U in TULIP stands for unconditional election. This simply means God chooses to give some people eternal life without looking for anything good in them as a condition for loving and saving them. So before they you know, do good or bad, God chose uh, some of his people and, and rejected others. What the fuck? This is so different than almost every other form of Christianity. So, so... I mean, there are a few other ones that are similar, but most this is just like complete opposite ethos to most Christianity. Uh, so wouldn't that mean that, that, that I guess like maybe God had pre-selected like gay people, gay people to go to heaven and maybe they should leave them alone? I mean, this shit makes no sense at all. They point to John 15, 16 to justify this belief, uh, which says, you have not chosen me, I've chosen you. Okay, so some, some people are chosen, other people are out of luck. Uh, I gotta say, it uh, doesn't feel like I've made the cut. I, I worry if, if that's true. I feel like I probably didn't make the cut. Uh, the L in TULIP stands for limited atonement. Uh, the great gospel message that so many today are urgently carrying to distant lands is that Christ made atonement with his death. But there are two critical points in which this message is so disfear, uh, severely distorted that it no longer carries the gospel message. The first distortion concerned what Christ's death did. The biblical truth of atonement is that his death paid for sins. Yet so many today teach that Christ's death was, was only an example for us to follow. Uh, and if one merely follows his example, he will be saved. Or it is taught that Christ's death did not actually pay for specific sins, but it made it possible for all sins to be paid for. And they think this is bullshit. But the, they say the Bible said that Christ's death on the cross actually paid for sins, like, like paid for him, paid like a transaction. Acts 20, 28 says that God bought the church with his own blood and atonement is limited to the elect of God. So again, I guess they think that God literally like, like, 
like through Jesus, like paid for some sins. Like Jesus paid for a limited amount of sin. So I guess not like an infinite amount. Like he, I guess he was just like, uh, yo, God, uh, look, I can give you like 10 pints of blood, but that's it. That's all I got. How many souls does that pay for? 3,473,201. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's, that's a bummer. Uh, there's going to end up being a lot more people than that. Uh, okay. Oh, well, well, I guess then that's how many people have a chance to go to heaven and everyone else, you know, no matter how good they are, uh, I guess they, they just go to hell, right? That That's correct. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Uh, thanks God. Uh, love your decision-making process. You are the bestest, most fairest, most omnipotentest, goodest goddess ever. Uh, yeah, that's just fucking inc- crazy to me. That is crazy to me. The I in tulip stands for irresistible grace. God's grace to save a person cannot be resisted. Uh, grace is God's free and unmerited power to save a person from his sins, which would otherwise lead us to hell. Grace brings him to heaven who naturally would end in eternal hell. The grace is irresistible. That means that if God gives grace to you, there is nothing in the world that you can do to resist it and thwart God's intention to take you to heaven. The certainty of salvation for God's elect is seen in John six thirty seven, where Jesus says, all that the father hath given me shall come to me. There is no doubt that they will be saved. Verse 44 says that those who come to God come because God draws them. Not our will, but God's will is first and powerful. So, okay. So if you're chosen, you're going to know it. You won't be able to deny it and you get to go to heaven. If that is true, why would you protest anything ever? Why not just let grace make its way to the chosen and, you know, stop fucking harassing everybody else. Stop harassing the grieving family members of homosexuals, you monsters, when you spit your hate speech at their funerals. I, f- I feel like I've learned more in 10 minutes of analyzing their scriptural roots than, than about the belief basis of the Westboro Baptist Church than the sum total of knowledge gathered by the entirety of its congregation. Like, there's no justification for the crazy shit that they do in the theological teachings that they themselves point to. And then there's the P, the preservation of saints. Last of the five points of Calvinism teaches that God preserves his people so they can never be lost. To put it simply, it means once you are saved, you are always saved. Okay, so this shit is crazy to me. This shit makes no more sense than David Icke's writings on the lizard Illuminati to me. So some people are pre-chosen to be saved. Those people can't resist being saved. They're saved for sure. Uh, can't be not saved. Can't be unsaved. Jesus paid for their specific souls with his weird, like, specific blood transaction. No one else's. Uh, everyone else is walking sin zombies. Apparently, this is the most radical form of Calvinism. And, and you know, some Calvinists are like four-point Calvinists, for example. They don't believe in the limited atonement part. They don't believe that, you know, uh, Christ just died for some people. They believe that he died for everybody. Uh, I've watched some YouTube videos of people breaking down the differences further among kind of Calvinist denominations. And I got to say, it just, it, it all reads pretty great, great to me. I know I have a lot of religious listeners and I'm really, I'm happy that you have a faith that gives you strength. I mean, honestly, I am. I, I, I don't, I'm not uh, trying to uh, encourage you to, to move away from that whatsoever. But I, I just got to say to my non-religious ears, arguing over the spiritual interpretations of words written in one language a couple thousands of years ago, translated over and over into a series of other languages interpreted, reinterpreted over and over into a myriad of cultures, it comes across no different to me than arguing over like what color a unicorn is or how tall a Sasquatch is. And people dedicate their entire lives to these interpretations and they get so fucking angry about it. Like, no, he, uh-uh, that's not what God said. And, and they point to these quotes and they're like, see, the, the, the answer is obvious, but I read it and I'm like, no, it's not. That is you projecting your fucking shitty, horrible, you know, anti this, anti that beliefs into scripture and wanting to use it to justify your own hate. This reminds me of the Norse God suck too, man. Spider horses, you know, gods with super clean feet for all their power. Just man, faith and logic. They don't, they don't have to be friends. 
they don't have to be distant acquaintances. So I look at it like if you're going to, if it's all kind of up for interpretation, why can't you interpretation in a nice way? Why can't you focus on the, on the sweet parts? There's plenty of them in there. Ah, but that is the biblical uh, denomination that the WCBC, excuse me, is based in. I keep, I, see, I keep seeing WBC and it reminds me of WWF. I keep picturing them as like a branch of like, uh, or, like or WWE, <laughs> like a branch of like professional wrestling, a pretty extreme form of Christianity. And then they take the extreme uh, and then they go to extreme end of that. Uh, back to their website self-description. Even though the Arminian lies that God loves everyone and Jesus died for everyone are being taught from nearly every pulpit in this generation, this hasn't always been the case. Uh, Arminian, by the way, is relating to the doctrines of Jacobus Arminius, the Latinized name of Jacob uh, Hermandazun. He was a Dutch Protestant theologian in the uh, end of the 16th, uh, beginning of the 17th century, who rejected the Calvinist doctrine of predestination. Uh, his teachings had a considerable influence on Methodism. So, you know, they're pissed off at this guy who, you know, wouldn't buy into their predetermination, uh, predestination, excuse me, part. So, uh, again, uh, typical, our interpretation is the only one that's right. Everyone else is going to burn in hell. That's tired old bullshit. Oh, my God. When will that pointless song and dance ever end? I remember oh, hearing the most crazy shit come from my grandma Carol's mouth constantly as a kid. She was convinced. My grandma, I've talked about it on the podcast, but it relates to this episode. She was in her very limited, very obscure uh, Pentecostal Assembly of God denomination that she went to. She was convinced that everyone else, including most of the other Assembly of God churches and all the other churches, all of those people were going to burn in hell. And so many of them just like great people. But she stayed in her weird little world, never met any of them, and just assumed they were all misguided evil people. What a sad – and that's how she lived her entire life. And to me, her life was a fucking pathetic waste. I know it's my own grandma I'm talking about, but I just, I had no respect for how she lived her life. Just, just pathetic to me. If, if you're in a church that supposedly believes the Bible and you're hearing these lies uh, that your church, oh, this is back to their stuff. If you're in a church that supposedly believes the Bible and you're hearing these lies, then your church doesn't teach what the Bible teaches. Uh-huh. Because you guys know best. Uh, if you care about your never di- dying soul, you will carefully read every word of this website. Uh-huh. Of, of GodHatesFacts.com. <sighs> Along with the entire Bible. Okay, so so you're the only one to get it. Everyone else is going to burn. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yawn. I heard it a million times. WBC engages in daily peaceful sidewalk demonstrations opposing the homosexual lifestyles of soul-damnation-destroying filth. We display large, colorful signs containing Bible words and sentiments, including, and I apologize for what I'm about to say, but I'm reading from their website, and I don't want to censor it, so you, I want you to understand what I'm saying. Their, their color, colorful signs include God hates fags, Fags hate God. Uh, AIDS cures fags. Thank God for AIDS. Fags burn in hell. God is not mocked. Fags are nature freaks. God gave fags up. No special laws for fags. My God. Fags doom nations. Thank God for dead soldiers. Fag troops. God blew up the troops. God hates America. America is doomed. Fucking, uh, I hate these guys so much. Ah, oh, what an amazing pivot. Uh, that wasn't to utter madness and preposterous hate there. Right? I love that they start off their paragraph paragraph, excuse me, very nonchalantly with uh, the WBC engages in daily peaceful sidewalk demonstrations. And you're like, okay, that, that sounds kind of reasonable. You know, freedom of religion. I'm, I'm for it. I'm pro. Believe what you want to believe. Okay. And then they say, opposing the homosexual lifestyle of soul damnation destroying filth. Okay. Seems a little harsh. Seems like you could have, you could have chosen to believe that homosexuality is a sin if that's what your book, you know, uh, wants you to believe. But you know, you could have gone with the with the hate the sin, not the sinner angle. That's 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 uh, something that's possible. 
but that's not the WC style. Because then they say, uh, we display large, colorful signs containing Bible words and sentiments. Okay, that sounds happy again. Okay, okay. I like a large, colorful sign from time to time. You know, happy birthday, uh, just married, congratulations, class of 2018. I mean, that kind of stuff is fun. Let's hear what kind of colorful Bible signs you have. And, and then it goes straight to, thank God for dead soldiers. Wow, that doesn't seem biblical. I don't remember uh, God hating uh, soldiers in the Bible. Is that is that in the Dead Sea Scrolls? Uh, huh. It, it, it's almost like these people are just ignorant, vicious, small-minded, hateful, evil, pathetic fucking losers pushing their own petty, simple-minded, fear-based agenda uh, through the guise of religion. And then these shitheads continue with their hate mongering. They say, perceiving the modern militant homosexual movement to pose a clear and present danger to the survival of America, exposing our nation to the wrath of God, as in 1898 BC at Sodom and Gomorrah. I love how they have an exact date for that. Uh, apparently, they know more about antiquity than uh, all of the world's archaeologists. Uh, uh, WBC has conducted 60, has conducted, I think I said, did I say conducted? WBC has conducted 61,500 such demonstrations since June 1991. My God, uh, they've been busy at homosexual parades and other events, including funerals of an uh, impenitent, Jesus, sodomites like Matthew Shepard and over 400 military funerals. Matthew Shepard, by the way, I went to a vigil for for his uh, death when I was in college of like, how, how could that have happened? That was that poor kid in Wyoming who was at a bar. Uh, some people wanted to rob him. They took him out. They found him. Found out he was gay. Uh, in addition to robbing him, they killed him. And, and they're and they're you know they were yeah glad he's dead at his funeral. Like, that's when I first learned about these pieces of shit. Uh, over four hundred military funerals of troops whom God has killed in Iraq, Afghanistan, in righteous judgment against an evil nation. See a list of cities where WBC has picketed. The letter to Topeka mayor that set off the Great Gauge Park Decency Drive. Read our frequently asked questions for more information. America crossed the line on June 26, 2003, when the Supreme Court, the conscience of the nation, ruled that we must respect sodomy. I, I remember that. I remember when a judge came out and just addressed our country. You people of the United States, we must respect sodomy above all else. Respect it. Risk, don't go into it willy-nilly. You got to have the proper lube and preparation. You must respect it. Don't you remember that uh, press conference? Uh, WBC teams have picketed all over the United States and internationally, including Canada, Jordan, and Iraq. For more information about WBC, feel free to attend one of our weekly church meetings. We are located at 3701 West 12th Street in Topeka, Kansas. Our regular service time is 1130 a.m. Please arrive 50 minutes early. On occasion, our meeting time may vary due to our street preaching schedule. If you wish to attend, we encourage you to email us the day before to confirm the time. Uh, So that's who they say they are. And they don't hide their hate one bit. Uh, when they listed their email, and I was just so mad about all this, I couldn't re- resist reaching out. So I emailed, <laughs> late last night I emailed them, which is never good to send a late night email. But uh, whatever, I paste, I copied and pasted it into, into today's document. And here's what I wrote. I wrote, a, I wrote it with a subject line of big fan, exclamation point. And I wrote, hi guys, exclamation point. Big fan of what you do and I want to help out. I love Jesus and I hate, all caps, everyone else. Gays, the military, teachers, liberals. Lion politicians, bestiality people, dwarves, communists, Polish people, gingers, people who, <laughs> people who drive too slow, people who hate God, people who say God damn it, people who say fuck, people who say butthole, tweens, doctors that try to cure AIDS, Chuck, albinos, women, lifeguards, 
The people who work at my local Domino's pizza place fuck up my order. Shadow Chikatilo, your mom. That one guy who does that thing that you can't really describe or remember, but you know drives you crazy. Fuck that guy. And most of all, fuck you, you inbred fake Christian cocksuckers. I've never protested a funeral before, but when you die, I'll make an exception. Love, Dan. P.S. You better hope that hell you preach about isn't real or you will be standing in the hottest spot. So I know it's childish. Uh, it, probably doesn't, it doesn't accomplish anything. They probably didn't read the whole thing, but it felt good. It felt good to send that. If you would like to send them your, th- your thoughts, their email is uh, believeonthelordjesus at wbcstuff.com. I'll be sure to put that in the uh, show notes, uh, in the episode description. So you can you know, make it easy for you. You can send them a, whatever you feel like sending when you get fired up from listening to this episode. Okay, so before we dig into their infamous protests, that have brought them international attention and the reason why most of us have heard of them, let's go back to their origin. Let's look at their founder, Fred Felatio Phelps. That's not his his middle name. Uh, This is from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Fred Phelps, born in Mississippi. In 1929, Phelps dropped out of Bob Jones University in 1947. Now, I know of Bob Jones University, and this says so much. He dropped out of a super conservative Christian college in 1947. When it was, you know, obviously way more conservative than it was now, than it is now. I bet he dropped out too, because I bet he felt their interpretation of the scripture was too liberal. That's, I, there, there's no uh, documentation out there about exactly why, for sure, we'll never know. I bet you, though, it was too liberal for him. And let me, let me show you how conservative this place is. And this is not a knock against uh, 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 Christian listeners. I, actually, I bet most Christian listeners listening to this now are going to be like, what in the frick? Or, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, this is a school uh, where at least as recent as 2014, according to a copy, I found of their own student handbook. This comes from their student handbook. Here are some of the many, many, many rules. They have so many rules. Uh, male and female students cannot be alone in a classroom, rehearsal studio, or other room. That's a rule. Uh, another rule is male students must obtain the dean's approval to date a female Day student or non-student. So if they're not, you know, uh, a full-time student at Bob Jones, you got to talk to the dean about, can I date this person? Uh, students may not eat in a restaurant that has a tavern or bar-like reputation atmosphere or that does not section off the dining room for live entertainment. Fuck TGI Fridays. Oh, uh-uh. They're not letting you go to that hot bed of sin. God forbid the precious students at Bob Jones University, like, you know, go to a hotel lounge and hear an Eagles cover band. You know, what if they read too much into the lyrics of Hotel California and it just takes them right out of school? What if they listen to some dreadlocked singer-songwriter referencing non-Christian sexual tension at open mic? They'll probably just, you know, rip off their pants, just start fucking each other right there in the lobby. Uh, Students may only view G-rated movies in private. G-rated in private. And we're not talking about kindergartners. This is college. In addition to doing a show in Topeka, I also now have a career goal of wanting to perform at Bob Jones University. I want to perform my full uncensored show there. I want to do my slow stroke bit, and I want to watch people's heads just fucking explode. Uh, another rule is t- <laughs> tattoos are forbidden, and then this this one might be my favorite. <laughs> it's not faux hawks. Faux hawks are forbidden. That's that's the quote. Faux hawks are forbidden. I'm not kidding. What? What? What does that have to do with the Bible? What, who, who decides, who gets to decide what a Christian haircut looks like? Is it like Floby? Is it has to be from a Floby? How is this an accredited university? It's so dumb. These rules. Uh, another rule is you may not visit celebrity homepages on the internet or any site that contains secular music lyrics or any joke humor site. 
You uh, any music? That's another rule in which uh, in in whole or in part. Okay, any music. Sorry, any music which this is. I, I'm getting like the g- giggles on this episode because it's just it's so crazy. This is real to me. Any music which, in whole or in part, derives from the following broadly defined genres or their sub, sub yeah, subgenres: rock, pop, country, jazz, electro, electronic techno, rap, hip hop, or the fusion of any of these genres is banned, even if it's Christian. What? You know, just some professor. Whoa, Billy, do, do I hear some Christian jazz hip hop fusion coming out of your heavily firewalled computer? Are you trying to go to hell, Billy? Do you want to burn forever, Billy? Christian jazz. Hip-hop fusion. That's how the devil gets you. First you listen to that. Then, pretty soon you're sporting a faux hawk. Next thing you know, you're watching The Incredibles. It's PG, Billy. It's PG. Then pretty soon you're on a humor site. Then you're sitting in a classroom with someone of the opposite sex. Then you're dating a non-student. Then you're deep-throating Satan's sins. You're listening to Time Suck. Hail Nimrod. Hail Lucifina. Then you're lost. And this is the place that Fred Phelps left in 1947. No, when I can only imagine, I couldn't find a 1947 handbook online. I'm sure there probably isn't one. I can only imagine what rules were in there then. Uh, Yeah. This is a dude who became a Baptist minister at the age of 17. He stopped talking to his family around the age of 18 because they were Methodists. He left home and he was like, not talking to my fucking family. Never talked to him again. Stop talking to his father uh, because after his mom died, his father remarried a Methodist woman uh, who had been married once before. And that was just death in Fred Phelps' eyes. Absolutely unforgivable. Fred Phelps, from a very early age, was just fire and brimstone and hate and judgment personified. He's such a hateful fuck of a human being, or was. He's, he's dead. He, he got his first taste of media attention in 1951 when Time Magazine profiled his street preaching crusade against Dirty humor. Man, I would have hated him if I was a comic in the 50s. I would have had a 15-minute piece about him if I was some nightclub comic in the 50s. George Carlin, my favorite comic, despised Fred Phelps, and Fred uh, despised him. When he died, uh, he, he told the world that Carlin was just roasting in hell. And then he just, yeah, he just bends scripture to his hateful will, uh, you know, for, for like for like a forever. And this little, and this just goes off about him. I, I can't confirm the WC uh, did show up at Carlin's funeral. But but I know that at the very least, they, they plan to be there. I hope they did show up. I'm guessing they would have given Carlin's friend a good laugh. If Carlin could have been there, uh, he'd have been laughing. After earning a law degree from Washburn University in 1962, Phelps went on to build a reputation uh, as, of all things, a civil rights lawyer. Seriously. Hated gays. Loved God-fearing Christians of all colors. Uh, interesting. He actually won some awards from uh, local NAACP chapters. Uh, or did he love? These people, uh, at least one person close to him felt that the awards were far from well-deserved. In 1994, a self-published book by John Michael Bell, local Topeka journalist, said that although Phelps worked on behalf of many black clients, he reportedly expressed racist views. And actually, actually, he wasn't the only person who thought this. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one of his sons, Nate Phelps, an LGBT activist and a professional on topics of religion and child abuse, like a, a professional speaker now, on those topics, a man who stopped speaking to his father at the age of 18 claimed uh, Fred that routinely beat him and his other 12 siblings because Fred Phelps had 13 kids, which is not good for the world, uh, stated that Phelps largely took civil rights cases for money rather than principle. Nate said his uh, father held racist attitudes. <clears throat> excuse me. And, and he would use slurs against black clients. They would come into the office after they left. He would talk about how stupid they were and call them dumb. You know, y- you can guess. And, and that sounds right to me. Now I understand his civil rights work. 
Uh, Phelps' law career began to crumble in 1979 when he was disbarred in Kansas for perjury. Uh, he continued to rack up complaints for false testimony until, as part of a 1989 plea deal, agreed to cease practicing in federal courts. Uh-huh. Uh, it was in 1991 that Phelps kicked off his anti-gay crusade with picketing of a Topeka Park allegedly frequented by LGBT people. In the early 90s, he began a torrent of anti-gay uh, pickets across America that continues uh, past his death to this day. His hundreds of actions have resulted in extensive media coverage, as well as numerous local, city, state, federal laws seeking to curb Phelps' activities. And this is kind of cool. In fact, uh, uh, his attempts to picket in Canada resulted in that country's first hate crime law, uh, informally known as the Fred Phelps Law. So some good came about because of this dumb shit. Other legislation sparked by Phelps' protests include the Federal Fallen Heroes Act, which was passed in May 2006 after Phelps made headlines targeting the funerals of U.S. soldiers killed in Iraq. It prohibits protests within 300 feet of any national cemetery from 60 minutes before to 60 minutes after a funeral. 20 states have uh, since passed laws similar to the Fallen Heroes Act, uh, while many cities, including Phelps' hometown in Topeka, have enacted local ordinances to further thwart Phelps and his, and his crew. The American Civil Liberties Union uh, filed suits in Missouri and Ohio and be, on behalf of Phelps Church without success. Uh, Phelps' Topeka compound, which houses his church and five homes occupied by relatives. And, and again, this was written a few years before he died. So just remember, he, he is dead now. Uh, draped with an enormous upside-down American flag, uh, representing a fallen nation in, in Phelps' eyes. Uh, seized protected by what he calls a fag navy. Yep. Uh, he, he, he targeted not only liberal but also conservative icons such as Ronald Reagan. Phelps picketed for sending an ambassador to the Vatican because, you know, uh, the Catholic Church, they're all going to hell because of their sex scandals. Uh, Phelps also publicly praised a number of America's official enemies, including Fidel Castro and Saddam Hussein. Uh, he liked that Saddam Hussein uh, let some Christians uh, practice Christianity in, in Iraq. So hated, hated uh, you know, America, but somehow uh, Iraq was okay for a while. Because his professed hatred for gay men and lesbians ran so deep and overflowed in such bizarre and, and, and ways, some question the source and nature of Phelps' commitment to the cause of anti-gay activism. Uh, one person said, I'm so tired of people calling him an anti-gay activist. He's not anti-gay. He's a human abuse machine. I love that. A human abuse machine. What a great band name. It's a good metal band name. Human abuse machine. Debuting their new single, Fuck Fred Phelps. Uh, targets of this abuse machine extend uh, uh, beyond those normally attacked by anti-gay activists. Westboro Baptist Church members under Phelps orders had picketed uh, Bill Clinton's mother, Sony Bono. Frank Sinatra, Bob Dole, Jerry Falwell, Santa Claus. Uh, the 17 sailors killed aboard the USSS Cole in Yemen in 2000. Oh, my God. All of whom Phelps attacked and called fags or supporter of the fag agenda. In 2000, and again, that's, every time I use that word, that is his word. Uh, in 2009, WC members began viciously attacking Jewish people, protesting uh, in front, verbally attacking, uh, protesting in front of synagogues, holding signs, reading the Jews killed Jesus, God hates Jews. Uh, Westboro's practice, uh, protests have tested the boundaries of the First Amendment, have been found to be legal. 2006, the group picketed the funeral of Lance Corporal Matthew Snyder in Maryland. Snyder's father subsequently sued, won a $5 million verdict against Westboro, but the judgment was thrown out on appeal, a ruling that was affirmed 8-1 to by the Supreme Court in March 2011. As a nation, we have chosen to protect even hurtful speech on public issues to ensure that we do not stifle public debate, wrote Chief Justice John Roberts in the majority opinion, which I do agree with. I hate these guys so much, but would never want to censor them because of what that represents. Uh, by 2012, Phelps was ailing. Two of his daughters, Margie Phelps and Shirley Phelps Roper, they'd become the public face of Westboro. Margie Phelps uh, works for the Kansas Department of Corrections. Oh, that's, that's great. Uh, appeared to have a broader spectrum of hate than her father. In 2004, she was arrested while protesting a dedication ceremony 
uh, for the Brown versus Board of Education, <laughs> historical site in Topeka. So he's, he's anti-education as well. Uh, Phelps died on March 19th, 2014. I feel like clapping. Uh, two months after he died, someone within his compound leaked a bunch of photos online of Phelps through the years with uh, various dicks in his mouth. Uh, pictures of him behind truck stops, YMCA saunas, bathroom in the Outback Steakhouse. Autopsy was performed after Phelps' death, and he actually died of a dick overdose. Turns out you can OD on cock. Yep, forensics guesstimated that over the course of his life, Phelps had run through roughly 45,000 dicks, and that's why uh, the sexual act of having five dicks in your butt at the same time as having another 10 in your mouth is called getting Phelps. It's called getting Fred Phelps. Ah, uh, man, you got you to slow down, man. You can't keep getting Fred Phelps every weekend. Colon can only take so much, man. You're going to asphyxiate. You got to be careful with all that, you know? You can't be pulling two, three Fred Phelps in a single weekend. Of course, that's not true, but I just felt compelled to say it on the off chance that a member of the Westboro Baptist Church would ever listen to this podcast episode because it's named after them. I just, I had too much fun to think about the rage they would feel hearing that. I just picture them just punching whatever would happen to be close. Just, no, no, he would not. No, ah! just freaking out. So that's the founder. That's Fred Phelps. What about the church he built? And I use the term church very loosely. Let's talk about it. First off, more of a cult. Or really more of just a fucked up extended family than an actual church. As of 2013, the church is uh, only uh, up to about 40 members. I, th- I believe about 70, 75 was the most it ever had. And most are just relatives of Phelps. Several U.S. states uh, have introduced laws uh, aimed at banning their protests. They hate them so much. Even the KKK has denounced them. That's when you know you're terrible. And the KKK is like, nah, no, no, no. We're not associating with those white people. And, and they are mostly white. They're not all white, but mostly. Uh, so uh, we know that they're extremists. We know that they're a product of some wackadoodle uh, Calvinist extremism, but how do they defend their aggressive hatefulness? Uh, Before we find out, quick word from today's sponsor. Support for today's show comes from American Addiction Centers. Love having them back on the show. Sometimes it's hard to ask for help. Doesn't need to be. Addiction is a nationwide problem that can affect anyone, and there's no easy fix. Recovery is not one size fits all which is why the AAC is revolutionizing the addiction treatment industry with holistic, evidence-based treatment practices. They offer innovative technology to ensure safety through detox and treatment, specializing in treating dual diagnosis uh, or co-occurring mental health issues and addiction. They work hard to make sure individual needs are met, empowering individuals in their lifelong recovery journey in a comfortable, home-like setting. AAC even offers in-house genetic testing. I love this so much. In-house genetic testing so you can find out if you're prone to some kind of prescription drug sensitivity, for example, uh, prone to interactions, you know, from various drugs. That is is so important in the midst of our current opioid epidemic. Some words, my mouth hates them. By some, I mean most. Uh, and that epidemic is going on huge around Coeur d'Alene, by the way. I was just talking to somebody a while back who's a social worker about that. If you struggle with drugs or alcohol, or maybe you're not even sure whether or not you have a problem, call American Addiction Centers at 888-693-3308, available 24-7. Your life is worth more than your addiction. Don't wait until it's too late. Also, if you think that number sounds different than last week's number, you're right. They've given us a new call-in number. As of today, last week's number still also worked. I know I called it. Uh, I got a very strange reaction when I told the person answering the phone that I was not someone in need of help, but I was a podcast host making sure that the old number worked for time suckers who may need help. And I believe her response was what? And then I said, just glad the number's working. Have a great day. And I awkwardly hung up. I also have a button in the sponsor section of the app. I made it so easy. You click on sponsors in the menu, click on the, the, 
the American Addiction Center's button, and you just go right to their, their page for all their info. And again, if you think it's weird, I'm promoting a pro-weed podcast and recovery center in the same podcast. Just remember, just remember, some people can have a casual, healthy relationship with alcohol or with marijuana. Some people can't, and there's no shame in that. Uh, it's kind of like some people can play a game of Madden or on PS4, go to bed, you know, and then other people have their families leave them because they lose their job because they can't sit, stop playing Call of Duty, right? Because that's another real form of addiction. They just get addicted to the fucking game. So contact the AAC if you have a real problem. Addiction, no joke. Hail Nimrod. Okay, so back to these idiots. If you take a peek at the facts section of their website, you can find out uh, they, they address a lot of stuff. It's like the question, doesn't the Bible say God loves everyone? Well, here's their answer. <laughs> First sentence, no, period. <laughs> to the question of doesn't God love everyone? No. You're probably thinking of John 3.16, which says no such thing. See the John 3.16, Arminian lie laid bare. Well, I'm not going to your fucking stupid interpretation. Uh, John 3.16, by the way, says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Oh, sorry, I just repeated there. Sorry, I put it down twice. So yeah, love is, is the important part of that. And because that particular verse does not fit their hate-filled agenda, they just dismiss it. They're just like, no, 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 uh, that wasn't supposed to be in there. Uh, that The devil actually wrote that. He wrote that kind of uh, weak-ass, you know, gay stuff. Uh-uh. No, I was supposed to say God hated the gays and the Jews and cursed them to eternal persecution. That's what, that's what he meant to say, okay? Open your eyes. Read our website. Read our interpretation. They go on. They say Romans 9.13 says that God hated Esau, and Psalm 5.5 says that God hates all workers of iniquity. Uh, for example, this is their parenthetical, uh, homosexuals. Iniquity, by the way, means immoral or grossly unfair behavior. And, and why can't they use the word homosexual? Why, why the fucking constant F-bombs? Yeah, oh, oh, that's right, because they're pieces of shit. I, I forgot for a second. They're hateful human fucking walking garbage cans. Um, here are some other examples. Given these verses, how can you say God loves everyone? Can you really say God loves everyone when God hates, says, I hated a sow? Oh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, so I apologize. E-S-A-U, whatever. The point is what I'm going after. Does God love the people in hell? Or you are thinking of God as love. God certainly is love towards his elect, his children, but he certainly is not uh, loving towards the reprobate, the children of the devil. That's why his elect go to heaven and the reprobate go to hell. In Romans 9, 13, which says, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Jacob is representative of God's elect. Esau is is, uh, representative of the reprobate. In Romans 1, uh, the word reprobate is used to describe, uh, and this is their language again, fags. Fags are reprobate. God hates reprobates. Therefore, God hates fags. Fuck. Jesus, they're so dedicated only to hate, just to causing nothing but pain and misery, to spread only despair. They're so pathetic. They go on, furthermore, God specifically says that he abhors, they go all caps for abhor. He he abhors people who engage in sodomy as well as other forms of sexual perversion. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death, their blood upon them. And ye shall not walk in the manners of nation, which I cast out before you. For they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. That's Leviticus 20, 13, 23. Understand? God abhors. Right? That last part's written in all caps. Actually, actually written what they wrote is, God abhors facts. I'm just so tired of fucking their language. I got to say, it really seems like Phelps was a closet homosexual. And there's other people who have left uh, his congregation that do uh, say the same thing. They said that, like, Whenever he would be accused of that, like he would get so angry, he'd just shut down. He couldn't even talk. 
I mean, he had such a fixation, so much emotion behind it. The shame of feeling a little tingle in his dingle. Every time a well-built man walked by, must have just driven him mad. You know, he'd see a strong jawline, some stubble, high, tight butt and blue jeans, some muscular forearms, little chest hair, little baritone voice. And suddenly his dick would defy his will and stand up, begging to thrust itself into the full lips of some Midwestern innocent farmhand. God will not allow it. Be gone, Satan, be gone. And he would weep as he masturbated in the church study, using his own tears as lubricant, dreaming of the life he could have had if he would have just let go of his hate. Sorry, that scene was probably painted a little, little too vividly for some of you. Uh, I hope some of you were listening to that via uh, speaker with the volume cranked up at work and you panicked and had to run over and turn it down. And then the, WC, the WBC concludes their reasoning to embrace hate, saying, God's hatred is one of his holy attributes whereby he reveals himself as having a fixed and immutable determination to punish the finally, the uh, impenient with eternal perdition. God's hatred is not like man's hatred. His hatred is holy, pure, unchanging. Well, man's hatred is a sinful, fickle emotion. I don't know, bro. Uh, your example, God hates, uh, God's hate sounds just as ridiculous as yours. You seem to have made God in your image, not vice versa. Uh, with all the sins out there, why does the WC focus so heavy on so- homosexuality? Well, they, they have that answer on their, uh, you know, on their thorough fact page. Answering the question, why do you focus on homosexuals? They say, homosexuality is due special attention by our ministry for several reasons. First, we want cock in our butts, and we're frustrated. No, that's, I added that. First, <laughs> Paul the Apostle, sometimes called the Lion of Christ, who spoke as he was moved by the Holy Spirit, gave the sin of homosexuality special attention. It is important that you carefully read Romans 1 repeatedly. Okay, I'm not going to lay out all of Romans chapter 1. I, I, I think the, the, the part they focus on is verses 26 and 27. That, I think that'll do. They st- that states, for this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. So, I mean, that's what it says. All right. What it doesn't say is, so get these motherfuckers. Give them all the hate you've got. And look, the Bible does judge homosexuality. That's just, you know, okay, I'm not going to deny that. Uh, but it doesn't judge it as harshly as a lot of other things that no one talks about. These guys never talk about the other stuff. It gets way more judgment. Like, like check out Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, or uh, I'm sorry, 25, uh, verse 11. It says, when two men are fighting and the wife of one of them intervenes to drag her husband clear of his opponent, if she puts out her hand and catches hold of the man by his privates, you must cut off her hand and show her no mercy. Do you hear what this says? If a woman accidentally touches a guy's dick during a fight, she gets her hand cut off. Why aren't female sports referees being protested by the WC or WBC? Why aren't they just waiting on the sideline with a bunch of swords? Just wait for it. Wait, wait till she touches it. Uh, what about Deuteronomy uh, chapter 23, verse 1? No man whose testicles have been crushed or whose organ has been cut off by or been cut off may become a member of the assembly of God. Why isn't the WC or BC protesting churches that don't check the cock and ball condition of their congregation? No, just nah, man. Sorry, bro. I can't. I can't let you in here. Huh? Nah. You don't get salvation. You got a flat wonky ball. God doesn't want your wonky ball in his house. <laughs> what about Leviticus twenty four sixteen? Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. And he doesn't say that earlier about the homosexuals. The whole community must stone him, whether alien or native. If he utters the name, he must be put to death. They say it twice. Why aren't they carrying a big bag of rocks? It's like a Sam Smith concert, you know? 
just start stoning his audience when they sing along to that Nothing Left For You song, that new one, you know? Because I gave my heart to a goddamn fool. That's not the melody, but that's what it says, because I gave my heart to a goddamn fool. I mean, and, and Sam's gay as well. He's, you know, openly gay. So they could be there, you know, for the reason of the word. And then, you know, they could also, you know, kill two sins with one stone. I think you see my point. It's ridiculous to single out one verse and get all bent out of shape about it. Get all bent out of shape about sin A when you never do shit about sins B, C, D, and E. Uh, But I digress. What is their rationale, self-explained, for singling out homosexuality? And they continue. It is clear that on the ladder of human depravity, homosexuality is the bottom rung. Oh, Oh, that's clear, is it? Just to you idiots. By the time a person reaches the state of hardcore, defiant, unrepentant, hot, steamy, orgasmic, thrusting, passionate, homosexual, indulgent, coming all over the place. I added a lot of those adjectives. Lifestyle. God has washed his hands of that person. God does not hate them because they're homosexuals. Those, they are homosexuals because God hates them. That's what they say. They are homosexuals because God hates them. These are, they're the biggest assholes ever. Ah. I keep telling myself just to read more of their answers and to editorialize less, just to stop getting sidetracked. But they make me so angry. God hates, fuck you, West Barrow Bastard Church. Man. Okay, back into it. This is an important distinction, referring to the God hates them. Further, throughout the Old Testament, when the nation of Israel was in its worst spiritual condition, in its full-blown apostasy, the Bible makes a point of telling us that sodomy was one of the chief traits of society. See 1 Kings 14.24. Under the law of Moses, the penalty for homosexuality was death. Further, sodomy is the only sin which caused God to rain fire from heaven on an entire five-city population. So we have a Bible basis for recognizing that homosexuality is particularly heinous sin in the eyes of God of eternity. Second, and perhaps in the immediate context, more important, this is the sin that is the forefront of our moral crisis in this nation. We did not start the homosexual movement. We did not put this movement on the front page of every major newspaper and every phase of the entertainment industry. Every phase, you guys. And in the schools. Mm-hmm. That's, I know, when I go to my kids' school, I do hear a lot of that. They're like, all right, guys, make sure uh, everybody of the same sex makes out for a little while. Uh, we got to gate up a little bit today in the class before we start a lesson. Uh, we are not the ones insisting that this awful behavior serve as the basis for special legal rights. We are not the ones marching up and down the streets demanding that people accept and respect us for our sins. This is the only sin in which America is seriously contemplating giving civil rights. Imagine if embezzlers, murderers, or rapists demanded that they be given protection, not punishment, by law, because of their wrongful deeds. You would gasp in amazement. You, you, yet you embrace the notion that because someone engages in sex with a person of the same gender and then chooses to broadcast that fact, they should be protected? Amazing. This sin is so insidious by its nature, and those who commit such things so abominable in their nature, that it serves as the litmus test for a society. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the litmus test. Not like, hey, how are you guys treating your homeless population? How are you guys treating drug addiction? How are you guys, you know, treating violence? It's, uh, hey, uh, how many dicks are going in butts in this country? 30%? Fuck. Okay. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not, uh, not, not moving in. Not moving in. Not being a part of it. They're ridiculous. Why? When God has turned his back on a people, sodomites ruled the land. America's on the cusp of that condition. And only by an abundance of mercy will God forbear the utter destruction of this country. That is why we focus on this issue in our ministry at this time and our journey in this earth. Third, similar conditions existed in Sodom. I feel like you already covered that too, which was destroyed by God. Jesus warned us what it would be like in the days of Lot, just before he returns. We are in those days right now, and this abomination of desolation should be preached against, not condoned. If you are a fag, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you support fags, you should be ashamed of yourself. 
It was your ilk who brought destruction on Sodom, and it will be your ilk who fuels God's wrath to the point that there will be no remedy. So you know, time suckers, be ashamed of yourselves. Be ashamed of yourselves. If you've been uh, empathetic towards others, curious about what's right in the world, well, fuck you, time suckers. Mm-mm. You're making the wrong call. You're, gonna, you're getting you're preparing for damnation. Man, they really hate homosexuals. But check out this. This is how insane they are. Underneath that is the question, what if a homosexual attended your church? And here's what they say. After, after all that preposterous aggressive hate, they say, regardless of any person's private conduct, we would uh, do unto them as, they would have, uh, as, as we would have them do unto us. By a fear of God, we, we would declare the whole counsel of God to them, lest their blood should be on our hands. We would share the gospel, good news with them, and we would treat them like we would treat any person on this earth. We would treat them with kindness and follow the scriptural injunctions that require that we preach the gospel to every creature. They're out of their minds. So you hate homosexuals to the point of picketing their funerals, you know, with the most heinous signs you can possibly write. Yet you'd be like, hey, man, get in here and have a cookie. Time for uh, time for church. Come on in here. God, get in here. You know, Mark and Nathaniel, you, you cute couple, get in here. We're going to talk to you about some stuff and uh, let you have some lemonade. Oh, man. Okay, so why focus on some sins but not others? Going back to my earlier example of them ignoring some sins but not having others, they do address this on their fact page. In response to what about following some rules and not others, here's what they say. They say the Mosaic Code consists of two types of laws, moral and ceremonial. Moral laws are included in the Mosaic Code because they are in and of themselves wrong. For example, murder. Adultery, human sacrifice, sodomy, etc. Ceremonial laws are included in the Mosaic Code because they were shadows of things to come. There were ceremonies that represented something, for example, not eating certain types of animals, not wearing clothing of mixed fibers. Uh, these ceremonial laws foreshadowed Christ and certain other eternal concepts. These ceremonial laws were done away with when Christ came. See Colossians uh, ch- chapter 2, uh, verses 13 to 23. Okay, I, I did see that. I did see that, you sons of bitches. And here's what it says in the NIV, the New International Version of the Bible. It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by cross, by the cross. Excuse me. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, unsupported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with, uh, with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom, with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Okay, so out with the old, in with the new. Okay, I get it. I read that several times, uh, though, and, and I missed the part that said, except butt-fucking. That shit, still not cool. No, sir, stay vigilant on the backdoor wean front. That shit's a no-go still. But the WC continued with their nonsensical hate justification. The moral laws, however, always have been and always will be in effect. We are supposed to follow the moral laws. 
The context of the verses in the Mosaic Code that forbids sodomy is important. Leviticus 18. But see, look at this, though. They go back. Uh, okay, never mind. Uh, Leviticus 18.22 says that thou shalt not lie with mankind as it's womankind is an abomination. All right. The verse is part of a list of abominations that were done in Egypt and other nations for which the Lord spewed the people out. In other words, he punished other nations for these abominations. This means that these abominable acts were not only forbidden to the ancient Jewish people, but to all nations. Whereas ceremonial laws in the Mosaic Code not only uh, only applied to people in the Jewish nation. Any nation that engages in these abominations will be destroyed. To paraphrase the context of Leviticus 18.22, don't have sex with a menstruated woman, don't commit adultery, don't sacrifice your children, don't commit sodomy, don't commit bestiality. The question is, why are all these things still abominable except sodomy? Why is sodomy suddenly okay? If you claim to believe the Bible and you're at all logical, it makes no sense to say that sodomy is okay. I, again, I missed the memo on period sex being a, a real abomination right now. I mean, I understand it messes up your sheets, but I wouldn't go so far as to call it an abomination. Uh, and I don't think anyone on the left is saying, have as much butt sex as you can tolerate. Just stay away from the front door when, it, when it's got a red doormat out front. Uh, they, just, they just bend everything to fit their will. Leviticus 20.13 says, if a man also lie with mankind... As he lies with the woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. What's the context of this verse? To paraphrase, paraphrase, don't commit adultery. Don't have sex with your stepmother. Don't have sex with your daughter-in-law. Don't have sex with other men. Don't have sex with your mother-in-law. Don't have sex with animals. Once again, all of these verses condemn things that are morally wrong as opposed to ceremonially wrong. It makes no sense to suggest that all of these are still wrong except sodomy. Finally, people asked uh, this question to try and prove a point. And the point is the Mosaic Code contains lots of stuff we don't follow anymore. You know, why should we still follow the, the, the verse that forbids sodomy? Well, for example, if it's okay to eat pork, why isn't it okay to commit sodomy? I believe I've answered this above, but I'd like to point out that the above statement makes as much sense as if it's okay to eat pork, why isn't it okay to murder? So they go right to that, like, murder place all the time. But, you know, there's other things that are in these rules that they point out, like, like adultery. You're supposed to stone adulterers. So why don't they do that? You know, they make their silly, stupid signs, and they, and they harass the grieving family members of people just, you know, totally decent soldiers. And people who are homosexual, they do, but like they're not out stoning people for adultery. I mean, if you're going to follow your the fucking that literally, but they, but they don't do that. They never do that in these situations. They just they focus on the one aspect of the thing that just drives them crazy, and somehow think they're a good person by just you know hitting that drum all the time. Uh, but I was wondering, like, why do they hate troops? How did they get there? That's you know they they protest all these troop funerals. So they answer that. They say they say uh, answering the question, why does the Westboro Baptist Church hate troops? They say. This is is their words. These turkeys are not heroes. They are lazy, incompetent idiots looking for jobs because they're not qualified for honest work. (sighs) They were raised on a steady diet of fag propaganda in the home, on TV, in church, in school, in mass media, everywhere. The two-pronged lie. One, it's okay to be gay. Two, anyone saying otherwise like WBC is a hate monger who must be vilified, demonized, marginalized into silence. Therefore, with full knowledge of what they were doing, they voluntarily joined a fag-infested army to fight for a fag-run country, now utterly and finally forsaken by God, who himself is fighting against that country. They turned America over to fags. They're coming home in body bags. Their funerals are the form of choice for delivering WC's message. They're so fucking preposterously ignorant. I love that they believe God himself is fighting against the U.S. Well, he's not doing a very good job. Uh, Dow Jones at an all-time high a while back. I mean, we're fucking crushing it right now. Uh, in, you know, on the international economic landscape, 
So you would think that an all-powerful God could, you know, do a little more damage to the USA if he was if he was really pissed at us. Straight from this asshole's website, man. Holy shit. The more I read this stuff, I just wonder, how has no one killed any of them yet? <laughs> like, I truly, I'm like, they say the, the most inflammatory things. After reading this, I Googled, has anyone tried to kill anyone from the Westboro Baptist Church? No murder attempts came up, which shocked me. A blip did come up from the Southern Poverty Law Center again. The call to WBC, arguably the most obnoxious and rabid hate group in America. And, and this is a group that studies all hate groups. And they're like, yeah, these guys are the worst. They're the worst one. And again, if the Southern Poverty Law Center, I mentioned them earlier, if they sound familiar, that's because we talked about them in, uh, in the Time Suck 50, in the Ku Klux Klan uh, Time Suck. We talked about their formation. That, that group was founded by Morris Dees, who in 1991, if you'll recall, successfully sued the United Clans of America, the, the KKK, won a $7 million judgment for the mother of Michael Donald, a young uh, uh, black man lynched in Alabama. We talked about that episode. Payment of the judgment bankrupted them and resulted in its national headquarters being sold to help satisfy that judgment. So that's, that's uh, if they're familiar and you can't remember, that's why. Oh, also, uh, the WBC flies the American flag upside down, and they do that in protest of American general. This is what they say. They say an upside down flag is the international sign for distress. This country, as well as the rest of the world, is in mortal danger. We're in distress. Our national support of perversity is bringing God's wrath upon us uh, again. Dow Jones would say otherwise. September 11th was only the beginning. We have reached the point of no return. It's too late for this evil country to repent. God's people must save themselves from this perverse generation. Well, if it's too late to repent, then why do you guys protest, you dumb shits? Oh, that's right, because you love to hate. You really do so much. Let's dig into how much they love to hate on today's Idiots of the Internet. Idiots of the Internet. All right, this entire episode has been one big idiot to the internet. I do realize that. The, the WBC, uh, they're no strangers to the web. They have a big internet presence, actually, a huge one. They put out a lot of content, including a lot of YouTube videos, including song parodies. I'm not kidding. Like, so many. Like, if you go to their website, I think it's in the hundreds. Uh, this little parody, and they do a lot of videos for them, too. This little parody, there's a video of, it's of Michael Jackson's Bad, and it's called, uh, you know, uh, God is Mad complete with choreographed uh, thriller-like dance moves. So let's let's listen to it. Yeah. Oh, I wish you guys could see this video. <laughs> they're like, uh, they're, they look exactly how you think. How you, how you expect them to look. Like they live on a countdown. Your God is mad. Better tell you right. Mm-hmm. show your filth. Bill. We're telling you about how God feels. Uh-huh. You won't obey. You're so self-willed. Uh-huh. Come on. God's mad. Listen to us. All right now. Listen to us. <laughs> uh-huh. He's giving you the chance to see. Is he? His blessings on this whole country. Uh, okay. We're telling you. Just shut your mouth. That's what God's saying. Shut around. He knows your sin. What's your about? It's only God. We see his rap limits. But you know that's so untrue. Uh-huh. My friends, you ain't seen nothing. Okay. Just wait till God gets through. Because you're bad. Oh. bad. Come on. Bad. God is bad. He's bad. If this was done as like a parody, it would be, uh, it would be The word amazing. is out, 
your doom draws nigh Christ will return Just watch the sky Go right then priest Didn't tell the truth Hello, step So listen now You filthy brutes Your words are wrong Your deeds are too Your hearts are stone Your God hates you But you say you look the other way You know that's just not true my friends just wait till you see This land when God is through Because he's mad uh -huh. He's there Come on He's a hateful God Yeah, yeah So fun to worship you guys he's so mad he's always angry he's just up there in heaven just just walk around like fuck Ugh! just so just constant fury that sounds right doesn't it uh user uh official chzr post this is an insult to anybody with an iq agreed user trailblazer 65 post how many inbreds can you fit into one basketball court because they're they filmed this on a basketball court with their dance routine and then this one, this might just crack me up, but it made me laugh so hard when I first saw it. Uh, user the random replies underneath that with IDK. Like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, pretty sure that was a rhetorical question, the random, but I love how serious you took it. You know, how many inbreds can you fit into one bath court? Ah, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, probably depends mostly on the size of the inbreds you're trying to stuff into a court. Uh, you know, how they stand. Are they, are they laying or standing? Mm, let me think, let me crunch some numbers. Uh, user Uncle Milf posts, uh, is it bad that I was singing this to my boyfriend? Love it. Love it. Thankfully, this video has more thumbs down than thumbs up. Okay. As far from their only parody video, uh, they also parodied Happy. The song Happy. They've, par they've parodied Joy. Uh, that song by Pharrell. Let's, let's check this, this out. Let's see how creative they are with this one. Terrible quality. A lunatic with a, a beard, kind of like mine, actually. Just dancing on the side of the road. What? Perish while you have the space? They're horrible signs while they're singing this happy. So God hates this, God hates that, all in the background. Sadly, the video is full of kids. Okay, I think we get the idea on that one. Uh, yeah. Right, okay. 
Okay. All right. So uh, I, I just don't, again, I don't understand what their lyrics there. They're like, uh, why, why do you need to spread this message if it's all predetermined anyway? I mean, if, if they're just no matter what, just going to go to hell, then again, why the harassment? All right. All right. One more. I know you get the point on these, but this one is just especially ridiculous. Actually, before we get to that one, a couple comments under this last one. Uh, uh, user Shinjuki posted, I played this at, I played this at my coming out party. Hilarious. Uh, underneath that, user Duncan posted, this gave me the courage to come out as a transsexual. Underneath that, user Carpal posted, Hail Satan. And then I posted, uh, just like I got, you know, uh, caught up in all this. I posted, I hope every time this video gets a thumbs down, another kid finds the courage to come out of the closet. Keep making homophobia look as ridiculous as it truly is, Westboro. You're helping society realize why we have to move past people like you, backwoods bigots, uh, with each and every video you make. Nice work. Hail Nimrod. Okay, so the the other uh, parody I wanted to show, just because it's so ridiculous. It's my favorite one and just uh, for entertainment value. They parodied Santa Claus is coming to town, and and they renamed it Santa Claus will take you to hell. <laughs> this is who these people are. So check this out. You better watch out. Get ready to cry. Oh, you God. better go hide. I'm telling you why. Get ready to cry. Santa Claus will take you to hell. Uh-huh. He is your favorite idol. He's an idol. You worship at his feet. You worship him. But when you stand before your God, he won't help you take the heat. So get this fact straight. You're feeling God's hate. Santa's to blame for the economy's fate. Santa Claus will take you to hell. Oh, that's fun for the kids. Don't leave your kids. Witness red fright, just like the priest, he'll rape them at night. What? Oh, Santa Claus will take you to hell. When has Santa Claus ever raped anybody? You tell the children he is real. You know that's just a lie. Uh-huh. To justify your own vile sins is the only reason why. So get this fact straight. You're feeling God's hate. Santa's to blame for the dead soldier's fate. Oh, Santa Claus will take you. Oh, Santa Claus will take you. Yeah, Santa Claus will take you to hell. They, they look so happy. They look so Santa happy. Santa Claus will take you to hell, yo. Oh, fuck. And the little kid. It's so gross. These poor kids raising this nonsense. Uh, dead, he's what? Santa Claus is raping people? He's responsible for dead soldiers? Uh, underneath this, uh, Unitina Weber posts, I'm at a whole new level of what the fuck. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, uh, user RealDude111 posts, can we get this in metal? Which I love. Uh, my favorite is from Christian the Balloon Scout, uh, who posts, if I'm going to hell, at least Santa will be there. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait to see the glass half full, Christian. But the most ridiculous parody I found is uh, the the West, Westboro Baptist Church's uh, Piney parody. Well, looky here now. I got some pick. Taste this pick. Ever did lick. Off of my same-sex partner's beard. Well, looky here now. With God's wrath, I made a butt baby with a life partner of mine. And then we were sent to hell. And that's where we found Santa Claus. And that's where we saw Fred Phelps. He was sucking Satan's dick. Woo! 
Weird, right? To kind of take a strange twist there at the end. But uh, kind of felt like they started to attack themselves there. But, you know, whatever. That's, uh, that's their video. Okay, one more video. No song this time. I, I want you to hear the spring that sprung all this hate. The patriarch of pulpit-based loathing himself, Fred Phelps. Here, before he passed away, here's a little clip of Fred Phelps condemning Anderson Cooper. Build up this is the warm-up music intro. You see Fred Phelps sitting in front of a green screen. Uh-huh. Anderson Cooper, CNN, uh-huh. 360 degrees, uh-huh. has now become an evangelist for Satan. Oh. Bastardizing his position as a TV personality mm-hmm. to spread pro-gay propaganda oh. in defiance of the plain language of the Bible, which demands the death penalty oh. under the law for practicing sodomites. To uh-huh. wit, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. Mm-hmm. It is abomination. Mm-hmm. Leviticus 18.22 For the filthy sin of sodomy... God demanded the death penalty under the Mosaic Code. Uh-huh. To wit, if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. Mm-hmm. They shall surely be put to death. Okay. Their blood. Okay. That's, that's enough of uh, Mr. Fred Phelps. Man, he really was just a broken record, wasn't he? Never got tired of hitting that same note. Just hit it for decades. It's like, we get it. Leviticus, death penalty. That's the only part of the Bible you care about. Okay, let's get out of this idiots of the internet and get back into, well, just, I mean, kind of more idiots of the internet, I guess. Idiots of the internet. So how did Fred Phelps get other people to join his hate cult? Well, for the most part, uh, he fathered them. Uh, dude had 13 kids. Then, you know, most of them married and had numerous kids themselves. A lot of his kids had like over 10 kids each. So he, he just, he seeded his own hate cult over the years. And then once you get that core group running, as we've learned with our studies of other cults here on Time Suck, then you can just kind of bring others in through relationships like marriage, find other people who are desperate enough for a family and ignorant enough. They're willing to join up with this group just because they want to be part of some group. Uh, you know, the kids I feel the most sorry for, they're born into these families, you know, just indoctrinated from an early age. They're like the, the worst victims of this, in my opinion. Uh, but there's a very interesting, uh, uh, case of one of these kids who's done something amazing with her life. Uh, such an amazing, beautiful person. Uh, it's a case of one of Phelps, many grandchildren, and it's Megan Phelps Roper. Her mom is actually basically the current leader, uh, of the church after, after Fred passed away. She put on an amazing TED Talk. I love TED Talks, and this may be my favorite one. It's just fucking beautiful. She talks about growing up just surrounded by, just indoctrinated by hate, and then of leaving the church and of leaving her entire family behind to do the right thing with her life. Uh, Listen to a little bit of uh, Megan talking here as she starts her TED Talk. I was a blue-eyed, chubby-cheeked five-year-old when I joined my family on the picket line for the first time. My mom made me leave my dolls in the minivan. I'd stand on a street corner in the heavy Kansas humidity, surrounded by a few dozen relatives, with my tiny fists clutching a sign that I couldn't read yet. Gays are worthy of death. This was the beginning. Our protest soon became a daily occurrence and an international phenomenon, 
And as a member of Westboro Baptist Church, I became a fixture on picket lines across the country. The end of my anti-gay picketing career and life as I knew it came 20 years later, triggered in part by strangers on Twitter, who showed me the power of engaging the other. In my home, life was framed as an epic spiritual battle between good and evil. The good was my church and its members, and the evil was everyone else. My church's antics were such that we were constantly at odds with the world, and that reinforced our otherness on a daily basis. Make a difference between the unclean and the clean, the verse says, and so we did. From baseball games to military funerals, we trekked across the country with neon protest signs in hand to tell others exactly how unclean they were. And exactly why they were headed for damnation. This was the focus of our whole lives. This was the only way for me to do good in a world that sits in Satan's lap. And like the rest of my ten siblings, I believed what I was taught with all my heart, and I pursued Westboro's agenda with a special sort of zeal. Wow, us versus them, man. Her and her nine siblings taught from birth that God hates almost everyone, but especially homosexuals. And because of their, you know, kind of crazy Calvinist leanings again, they, they weren't even trying to save anyone at these protests she was at, you know? She just thought these people were destined to burn in hell, and that for some reason, you know, they needed to hear about it from her. Again, that's what I said it a bunch, but that's what's so extra crazy about Westboro, you know, the utter pointlessness of what they do. There's no repent now and seek salvation angle, only a, hey, buddy, you're going to burn in hell, and I want you to hear about it from me angle. Listen to how hateful she was as a kid, how normal hate was to her. When she talks about meeting a Jewish man, she'd been mocking on Twitter one who came to one of her protests to meet her. And after several months of heated but friendly arguments online, he came out to see me at a picket in New Orleans. He brought me a Middle Eastern dessert from Jerusalem, where he lives, and I brought him kosher chocolate and held a "God hates Jews" sign. <laughs> There was no confusion about our positions, but the line between friend and foe was becoming blurred. We'd started to see each other as human beings, and it changed the way we spoke to one another. It took time, but eventually these conversations planted seeds of doubt in me. My friends on Twitter took the time to understand Westboro's doctrines, and in doing so, they were able to find inconsistencies I'd missed my entire life. Why did we advocate the death penalty for gays when Jesus said, "Let he who is without sin cast the first stone"? How could we claim to love our neighbor? While at the same time praying for God to destroy them, the truth is that the care shown to me by these strangers on the internet was itself a contradiction. It was growing evidence that people on the other side were not the demons I'd been led to believe. These realizations were life-altering. Once I saw that we were not the ultimate arbiters of divine truth, but flawed human beings, I couldn't pretend otherwise. I couldn't justify our actions. Especially our cruel practice of protesting funerals and celebrating human tragedy. Wow, man. Okay, so after so after that, she leaves the church, leaves her family, meets various people she'd formerly protested against,、uh, such as a rabbi who who let her and some of her friends stay over at his house in、uh, California with his family, share some meals, and she learns when she's around these people that these people she'd been taught to hate were just like her, just other meat sacks. Trying to make sense of life, trying to make sense of the world around him, not so different, not the enemy, and, and then this and many other similar experiences leads her to, you know,、uh, think about the state of our country a few years later today, you know, or you know, last year,、uh, but it, but it hasn't changed. She gave this talk almost exactly a year ago, in March 2017, several months after the election. 
And by that time, you know, we had already firmly settled into our current climate uh, of liberals hating conservatives and conservatives hating liberals and everybody being in their camps and no one listening to the uh, person on their side. Check out the amazing insight she gives about this and, and what a uh, great experience she has learning about how destructive hating and not talking to the other side, uh, how, that, how, how destructive that can be. I, I fucking love this. L- listen to how profound this is. This has been at the front of my mind lately because I can't help but see in our public discourse so many of the same destructive impulses that ruled my former church. We celebrate tolerance and diversity more than at any other time in memory, and still we grow more and more divided. We want good things, justice, equality, freedom, dignity, prosperity. But the path we've chosen looks so much like the one I walked away from four years ago. We've broken the world into us and them, only emerging from our bunkers long enough to lob rhetorical grenades at the other camp. We write off half the country as out-of-touch liberal elites or racist, misogynist bullies. No nuance, no complexity, no humanity. Even when someone does call for empathy and understanding for the other side, the conversation nearly always devolves into a debate about who deserves more empathy. And just as I learned to do, we routinely refuse to acknowledge the flaws in our positions or the merits in our opponents. Compromise is anathema. We even target people on our own side when they dare to question the party line. This path has brought us cruel sniping, deepening polarization, and even outbreaks of violence. I remember this path. It will not take us where we want to go. Wow, how relevant, how relevant to our current cultural climate. How important to remember that slandering the other side doesn't get us anywhere. You know, outside of preposterous, hate-mongering extremists like Fred Phelps, uh, you know, we're not so different usually than the people we think are so different than we are. You know, like, like, like uh, you know, uh, I can have a good time with a conservative Christian as long as they don't mind a little bit of profanity. Most don't. Most don't mind. I can hang out and have a good time with, uh, you know, gays can be fuck-bomb-dropping, you know, flamboyant hairdresser. Uh, you know, I, I can talk with a, with a pro-gun control vegan and a pro-gun steak lover. And, uh, and hug it out with both of them and, and do hug it out at a lot of the shows lately. And uh, I just think that's important to remember, man. I, I remember my dad many years ago bringing him out to uh, New York for the first time. He had never been east of the Mississippi. I know I've said this before, but he was just blown away by how nice people were. Because he, he had never met like any real New Yorkers. And he just, you know, he got his uh, impressions from like movies, basically. He was like, hey, go fuck yourself. Like he thought it was going to be that kind of attitude. And he was like, oh, they're, they're just normal. And that's generally how it is. When you travel to a new place and you have all these pre- preconceived expectations of how they're going to be, and then you get there and you're like, oh, they're not, they're not so bad. Uh, other than the Westboro Baptist Church current members, they, they seem to be just as bad as they are. Uh, but even they, as you know, even they can get out of that. Even they can change if you talk to them uh, instead of just mock them like, I, like I've been doing here. So just really good lesson. You know, even, even Megan was able to, to get out of that. So, you know, this episode was strangely inspiring by the end uh, in strange ways. You know, Megan's speech, obviously inspiring, but also the Westboro Baptist Church itself is, is inspiring in the sense that, like, their website is super comprehensive. Their content is vast. Their commitment to their cause is impressive. They're organized, well-funded, passionate in their spread of their beliefs. Uh, just so happens their beliefs are terrible, but they've re-inspired me to double down on the suck, man. If they can work that hard on spreading fear, ignorance, and hate, why can't we work uh, you know, equally hard in spreading the gospel of curiosity, gospel of constant intellectual evolution, gospel of a community built on not being afraid of differences, a community built on goofy fucking fun and irreverence, on a passion for living a fun and knowledgeable life. So hail Nimrod, you beautiful bastards. Thanks for keeping hope alive. 
Thanks for being from all walks of life. Thanks for not all being liberal or conservative or atheist or religious or young or old. Like the mix. Can't wait to get the app souped up, you know, and then in the coming months with that cool message board where you guys can really start connecting to each other more, not have to go through me. I know many of you are already doing that in various places on social media and the web, and I love it. And it was some positivity. Did not see that coming when I started this suck. And now let's take a few more looks back at the hate with some top five takeaways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Number one, the website of the Westboro Baptist Church is GodHatesFags.com. Unreal. Number two, Bob Jones University sounds like the least fun college campus in America. I've been watching R-rated movies since I was five. Latchkey kid, motherfucker. So fuck Bob Jones University. Trying to tell kids they can't have faux hawks. That's not what God wants. Get out of here. Number three, Fred Phelps looks exactly, or I should say looked exactly as hateful as he sounded. Google image that piece of shit. If you were going to make a Westboro Baptist Church movie and you wanted to cast somebody, you'd want to cast somebody who looked exactly like him to play him. And it would be hard to do because he looked way more hateful than the average hateful fuck. Number four, Megan Phelps Roper is an angel. Her TED Talk is amazing and inspiring. Do yourself a favor. Watch the whole thing. Man, I hope we get to meet her someday. She just seems incredible. Number five, new info. Before he died, Fred Phelps was actually banned from entering the UK. Back on March 19, 2006, he was named by Britain's Home Security uh, or Home Secretary, Jackie Smith, as a hate promoter, along with his daughter and 14 others. When a list of people barred from entering the UK was published on May 5th, 2009, a list of people banned over the years. Hilarious to find who else was on the list. L. Ron Hubbard, father of Scientology, Time Suck Bonus Episode 4. He's on there. Uh, wasn't he? Britain's uh, Minister of Health, Kenneth Robinson, described uh, Scientology in the House of Commons speech in 1968 as a potential menace to the personality and well-being of those so deluded as to become its followers. Get out, L. Ron. Uh, most unexpected person on the list I saw was Martha Stewart. 2004, celebrity homemaker Martha Stewart, she was convicted of lying about selling stock that plunged in price soon after her trade. Served five months in prison, followed by five months of home detention, and she was banned. Uh, the UK Border and Immigration Agency released a statement, according to the U- independent newspaper, saying the government continues to oppose entry for those who have been found guilty of serious criminal offenses abroad. Love it, UK. Out with Westboro. Out with Martha Stewart. Take them out. Time suck. Top five takeaways. So Westboro sucked. Man, played with the format a bit on that one. Was a fun break from the norm. Loved the touch of inspiration at the end. Much, much, much respect, Megan Phelps Roper. God, you're a special person. You're a gift. Thanks to Harmony Velikamp, Jesse Dobner, Lindsey Cummins, Josh Krell, the entire Time Sucker team. Huge thanks to uh, Bo Jangles' research intern, longtime sucker, Maddie Teeter. And uh, actually, uh, yeah, my wife, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Cummins, helped a lot with the research on this one. So thank you, thank you. Double thank you. Uh, next Monday, is it going to be the Green River Killer or the Lost Books of the Bible? few hours left for Space Lizard voting. Green River is just uh, up, as I record this, just barely, um, by a couple votes. So who knows? The topic's neck and neck. Um, I guess we'll, I guess if you want to find out, uh, when this comes out, you know, which, uh, topic will be next, um, go to time suck podcast on Instagram, which I'll be posting the results there. And now let's find out what you suckers have been up to with this week's time sucker updates. Updates. Get your time sucker updates. First one in from Alex Byram, hilarious time sucker who wrote, dear Dan, I recently discovered time suck about a month ago and, uh, almost caught up on the backlog. I, however, was overjoyed when you were advertising a Wrestling Academy coupon. I attended the first session of Mr. Ch- 
of Mr. Chikatilo's school. He gave me a few lessons and I embarrassed myself as I found out after the first week that I can only come when being held down forcefully. Despite this, Mr. Chikatilo was was nice enough to continue teaching me as he pretended not to notice. He truly is a blessing. Keep up the good work, Dan. Love every second of time. So hail Nimrod. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, thank you, Alex. And if you if you didn't know, uh, in the TimeSuck app, you can you can be Chikatilo now as one of the avatars. It's fucked up, but why not? So Chikatilo is on the TimeSuck app, and uh, I'm sure he'll show up. You know, uh, you know, by this summer on some fun TimeSuck stuff. It's, it's still creepy, but so fun. Uh, okay, next one is in from a TimeSucker uh, and fantastic human being, Brandon Lavelle, who writes: I've been listening to TimeSuck now for the past six months at least, and for whatever reason, my mind is stuck on your obnoxious pooty and juju bits. Put it in your lunchbox, Shirley, but whatever. I love your podcast, including the people that write in with their opinions, making me realize and believe in the fact that even in this climate of differences, people are still capable of having a conversation and getting along. I love it. Me too. Uh, I'm in the Coast Guard, work over two and a half hours from home. Damn. So along with the sense of togetherness that your show provides, it also saved me from the sheer boredom of my 4 a.m. drive out to the Washington coast. By the way, I heard how you referred to us in your JFK episode. I did apologize for that afterwards. By the way, in later episodes about my Coast Guard comment, I got I got reamed a little bit for that one. But but you're, but he says uh, you're exactly right. We just lay on the beach all day. It's, it's actually quite reminiscent of the volleyball scene in Top Gun. Uh, of course, if you've ever been to any part of the Pacific Northwest coastline, which I have, uh, you know I'm full of shit. I do, I do. And thank you for your service. And he says, uh, anyways, thanks for the good times. Keep them coming. Oh, thank you, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate your service. I appreciate your life in the suck. And uh, now we got Space Lizard Tyler G writing in saying to the Almighty Suck Master. Been a fan of your stand-up for a little while now. Just found the Time Suck podcast this week. Loving it. Spend hours driving to the southeast for work. I'm a blasting tech. Got a job consistent of designing, loading, and detonating blasts for rock quarries. Oh, that sounds fun, man. I wish I could get my fucking grenade launcher over there to help you out. Uh, construction sites, roadways. It's for sure a high-stress job, but I love the work. Listening to the podcast helps make the time fly by during my long drives. Helps keep me Helps me unwind after long, stressful work days. Keep up the great work. P.S. I just finished the episode 33 on digital immortality. You mentioned the Netflix show Black Mirror, which I haven't seen, but Netflix also has a TV show called Altered Carbon, which is based on a future full of digital immortality. Thank you for the entertainment from a fan and future space lizard, Tyler G. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you got to see Black Mirror. You will love it. You will love it. You will love it, especially if you've seen Altered Carbon. I have been so busy the last few weeks. I haven't really been able to see any TV show, but when I have moments, that is the only one I've been watching. It's Altered Carbon. I personally don't think it's as good as Black Mirror, but I think it's, I think it's very good. And I just love the concept of basically, for those of you guys who haven't seen it, you just you get a disc in your spine, like one of your spine spinal column discs in between some of your vertebrae is a, is a hard drive. It's a very comprehensive hard drive, and that's where your soul exists, basically. And so when, you, when, you, when your body dies, you just get put in a new body. They can just make them. You get a new meat sack. And it's about some people thinking that's great and other people thinking that we should revert back to uh, uh, having a normal, you know, lifespan. Yeah, very interesting. Um, okay, and last one really quick. Uh, this is from a Sebastian Adams time sucker who says, hey, Dan, most Satanists are just atheists who use the image of Satan as a way to fight for religious freedom. Luciferians are true Satan worshipers. And I know, yeah, I know you're talking about that from the Richard Ramirez episode. I get this every time I bring up Satanists where it's like, actually, you know, Satanists are this. Agreed. Agreed. There is a, you know, uh, uh, organized religion. But also, I, when you use that term, there are people like Richard Ramirez and Night Stalker who just worship the Christian devil, who just worship evil. So, so that's why, you know, there's no other term for it. Like, they're also satanic. Uh, and again, I know that's annoying if you are a different kind of satanic, but it is what it is. It's the term. So that's why I used it. And thank you. Thank you for writing in so other people know, Sebastian. Appreciate that. Appreciate the updo- uh, updates from all of you. 
next time, suckers. I needed that. We all did. Have a great week, everybody. Come see me if you're in Texas this weekend. Don't protest anyone's funeral unless uh, they were a member of the Westboro Baptist Church when they died. And keep on sucking. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you suddenly had an extra hour show up in your day every day, what would you do with it? Work out, sleep, read a book, play Fortnite, call your mom, take judo lessons, finally watch all the episodes of Shameless. A lot of us spend a lot of our time wishing we had more time. But why? Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The bad news is that you're not going to get that 25th hour. But... What you can probably do is reprioritize where you spend some of your time. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it with your time. This year, my health is more important to me than cranking out another stand-up special as fast as possible. So I canceled a tour, sacrificed that income, and decided to spend a lot of the time I just got back working out more, resting more, relaxing more, and enjoying time with family, friends, and just myself. And I'm so glad I did. I feel better than I have in a long time. And my BetterHelp therapist, Debbie, was very helpful in getting me to make the decision to pull back. Thank you, Debbie. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TimeSuck today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash time suck.